We're going to look today at uh, partnering with the Holy Spirit in perilous times today. Uh, Todd did an incredible message last week dealing with, as in the days of Noah, and uh, the, the spirit of violence. And um, it was just, I sat on the edge of my seat the entire time. I was just, just gobbling up every, every phrase that came out of his mouth. It was just incredible. And so we're in a season, this is going to be blended right into having our time of communion. And we want to, uh, I really mull over this uh, and just kind of keep meditating through. Uh, we, I learned uh, something about, you know, for the normal life of the church in the seasons, usually when you hit Easter after Easter, people just... That's it. But I learned from Pastor Jack uh, Hayford that if you would just go do something along the lines of a spirit-filled life, Holy Spirit empowerment, some kind of fruits of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, something along this line, then you can stretch that time out all the way to Pentecost. And then we'll have a, a summer reading book. By the way, I really feel deeply uh, about this. Uh, how many of you have ever heard of John Bevere? Okay, how many of you hear his concepts of the fear of the Lord? Do you think that would be a worthy uh, pursuit this summer? Okay, he has the most amazing devotional book called The Awe of God. And we're going to do that as our summer reading starting in June, okay? Does that sound good? Let's go ahead and just, Lord, thank you for... We, we want to hear the Lord and respond to the Lord and always, to always have, have what the heart of the Lord in our situation. So partnering with the Holy Spirit, and we started our, how many of you have been hearing some of our devotional series thus far on that? Uh, So listen, it's 100% true that Jesus died in our place to take our sins away by his blood. That's 100% true. Okay, it's 100% true that our old self-life is buried with Jesus in his death. When you go down in water baptism and you come up, and that's the idea is that that's and how many times have, have we seen people baptized come out and something is broken from their life? There's something that gripped their life in the past is broken there. It's a hundred percent true that Jesus rose from the dead that he might release in us newness of life in Christ in him. Now, if you can, uh, some of you can turn your heads there, but there's a window up there. And it's the ascension window. This window is the uh, nativity window. And this one up here is the ascension. It's also 100% true that Jesus, when he ascended, the reason he ascended, and be, the primary, one of the primary reasons is I, he told Mary Magdalene, says, don't cling to me, I haven't ascended yet. What's he doing? He's going to go, he's first of all going to my father, your father, my God, your God. But then he says, I'm going to send the, the promise of the father. When he went to heaven, he was sending the Holy Spirit. Okay. And he says, I can't be around much. Uh, I'm just in a human body here, but he's going to be everywhere all the time. Okay. And he's said some things about the Holy Spirit. So we have the Holy, we have God, this blows my mind. We have God, the third person of the Godhead dwelling in us. It's phenomenal. It's just amazing to me that we, and so we want to sharpen our ability to hear. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about hearing. We're going to talk about uh, partnering, partnering with the Holy Spirit. Now, 
Uh, I want to look, look at the verse here, 2 Timothy 3.1, but know this, that in the last days, perilous, everybody say perilous, perilous, perilous times will come. How many of you uh, see that's happening, okay, around us quickly, okay? Now, this word perilous, as, uh, this is the Greek word and the definition of it, times of stress, harsh, fierce, savage, hard to bear, troublesome, and dangerous. This is the word perilous. I think it's incredibly important to partner with the Holy Spirit during these times. And that's what this is about today. Because if you're walking with the Lord, you want to hear and do His will. So we're going to have opening prayer here. Would you pray this with me? Father God, in Jesus' name, I open my heart to you today to be transformed. I desire to draw near to you. Help me receive your word and encouragement that I may thrive in the midst of any difficulties that come. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about our sheer need, truly, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Because we need to partner. And one of the main things he does is when we partner with him, he makes us into Christ's image. And that's a key thing. But let's look at uh, John sixteen thirteen. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Now, the next verse is something that he declared to Paul in 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. Now, the Spirit expressly says. Now, the word expressly means emphatically. So, he's expressly saying that in the latter times, just tell somebody we're living in the latter times. Go ahead. Let's get that on the table. And some will what? Have you seen this? You see whole major denominations departing from the faith. Okay. Giving heed what? How do they depart from the faith? Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, uh, deceiving spirits, that demonic, and we're going to talk about that a little bit further, uh, but doctrines of demons are literally uh, put, well put together arguments. And uh, the average person who's not rooted in the, the Word of God and doesn't uh, walk with the Lord, uh, they can be influenced by these false doctrines that lead people into darkness. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own consciences seared with a hot iron. And I have seen people with seared consciences come out of that. Hallelujah. You can come out of being deceived. You can come out of having... Because when you sow to the flesh, it just corrupts you and corrupts you. Pretty soon people get tired of being so miserable. It's the consequence of the sin tears you up. I want to tell you something else. This, this has really been like coming into my spirit real clear. It's this. That what people don't... Go, look, Jesus has already taken on the wrath of God for sin. Okay. So let's just say for a minute... Sin's off the table as far as heaven and hell. Listen very clearly. For every single person on the planet, sin has been removed by Jesus. What do you have to do? You have to believe in Jesus. You know what sends people to hell? Unbelief. Unbelief. Unbelief, not the sin. Jesus dealt with that, but they won't receive the forgiveness of sin. Unbelief. 
Unbelief. If you don't believe in Jesus, what are your options? And he's already done it all for us. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord for that. See, we, look, we have the good news. The good news is God has died for your sins. They're removed if you put your faith in him. Hallelujah. I get a little excited here. Now, Jude, so by the way, regarding people who uh, were in the faith and departing from the faith, I want us to look at Jude just for a moment. By the way, this is kind of funny, but Jude, you know, this particular guy, his name was actually Judas. Judas was a very popular name, but Judas Iscariot blew the name for everybody. <laughs> so this is, Jude is Jesus' half-brother. He was Judas, but he can't use Judas now. <laughs> It'd be confusing. So he's called Jude. James was a half-brother of Jesus. Jude's a half-brother means Joseph was the father. How many know Father God was Jesus' dad, right? Okay. Conceived of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So Jude... Hey, Jude. All right, here you go. Beloved, although I very, uh, was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary, even back then, necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints to contend for it. Next slide. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people. Look at what I've underlined here. This makes so much sense today. Who pervert the grace of God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. That's just bottom line, what's going on. They got another Jesus. When somebody says, oh God, I'm serving God being a... And then they say this stuff that you can't even imagine. That God that's telling them that, it's not Jesus. It's not the Lord God Almighty. Verse 17, I'm jumping down. But you must remember... Beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers. Everybody say scoffers. People who put down anything to do with God. Following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions. Worldly people. Everybody say, devoid of the Spirit. Now look, this is why it's so important to partner with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to bring you into understanding of the person of Jesus. He's going to speak to you about Jesus. He's the Spirit of truth. He's going to lead you into truth. He's going to talk to you about the Lord. Let's go ahead and just, man, I just don't know what we'd do without the Holy Spirit and the fullness of the Holy Spirit and all the things that the Holy Spirit brings us. He helps us glorify Jesus. He talks, He reminds you of stuff. How many of you... How many of you need a lot of reminding? The older you get, you need the Holy Spirit just to tell you where your keys are. Come on. (laughs) So what is the antidote for this this group of scoffing, ungodly, following ungodly passions, causing divisions, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit of God? What is the antidote? What's the fail-safe? What's the countermeasures that we're equipped with in combating these negative words of scoffers, people promoting all this? what, What do we have? Next verse, verse 20. But you, 
beloved. I'm going to focus on three things here real quick. You, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. We're going to talk about that for a moment. Praying in the Holy Spirit. And keep yourselves in the love of God. And the three things you can tie them all together and say, waiting for the mercy of the Lord Jesus that leads to eternal life. In the meantime, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Spirit and keep yourselves in the love of God. Building yourself up in the Holy Spirit. So here's what I say this. Just think with me deeply. We're going to come to communion in a little bit. We're going to come open our hearts. We've already prayed. Open my heart. Deal with me, Lord. I want to throw these ideas out. What would happen if? I want to throw a bunch of what would happen if. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to like just to, to make adjustments deep down inside of us. That's my heart today. I, I just felt the Lord. I was driving along in the car, and He said, "What if? What if? What if? What, what would happen if? If what would happen if a person began to live this way? What would happen if you actually made it your thing to live a certain way?" And not just go to church, but open your heart in a new way to a a deeper relationship. What would happen if you stored the Lord's word up in your heart, meditated on it to hear his voice speaking to you regularly? What would happen if that happened? Now, let me go ahead and tell you how it works. The moment you make a decision, hell says, what? And most people, unfortunately, go, well, I was, maybe I won't. And just a little bit of resistance, they quit. Well, I'm going to sit down and have a time with the Lord. Well, why would you do that? You need to do all this. You need to do that. Oh, yeah, that's right. And they get up and leave. Because it's the propensity of us to do something. And I've learned this. I finally learned it. Dear God, I don't have anything. I'm deprived. I'm empty. I've got nothing to bring to him. I'm devoid of anything good. There is none righteous, no, not one. I need Jesus. I need him. I just need him. So it's not like I'm a good little boy with all these, but I'm, I'm better than him because I spend time with Jesus. No, I drag my soul and say, sit down and shut up for a little bit. Shut up for a little bit and adore Jesus, you little busy-bodied scumbag you. You running around empty-hearted and won't spend any time with the Lord God Almighty that saved you? What's wrong with you, you twit? That's, self, that's, that's rough self-talk, isn't it? Grab your own soul by the scruff of the neck and sit down here for a minute. Now look at this next one. I didn't. I was jumping on the third one, but let me just let's just talk about how much time. Do you have any time? If you got time for this and time for that, do you have any time to take a Bible verse and look at it a little bit and chew on it and eat? Does anybody have time for the Word of God today? Because you can't partner with the Holy Spirit if you don't have the Word of God in you. And perilous times are coming. And something will come along, you just go that way. Get the word, get the word, get the word. Hello, hello, hello. I'm banging the drum today, can you tell? That even stings right there, I tell you. This is... 
I'm being a little passionate. I'm just trying to get it out. I don't want to try to motivate in the, in the flesh or being loud or doing that, but I, I want to really appeal to you that there's needs, there needs to come a deeper valuing of the Word of God. Get a different translation. Do something. I've got the Passion Translation. I'll sit down and read it. Sometimes the NIV or just something. Get, or or the, the, that incredible new, the Spiritful Life Bible by Jack Haver. Just, just have, have something. Have something where you can write it down on a piece. You know what happens when you write something on a piece of paper? It starts to go inside of you. Just meditate. Think about it. Do you know what happens when you do that? Let me just say this. Do you know that the adversary is really after your mind? And it's so easy with all the technological devices today. I'm preaching to myself. Hello? By the way, there will be an open altar at the end here. (laughs) Building yourself up in your most holy faith has everything to do with this what would happen if you stored up the Word of God in your heart and just made it your thing to meditate. To meditate on there because here's what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to speak. He's going to speak and make things clear. It's short. Praying in tongues uh, is the same thing as praying in the Spirit. First Corinthians fourteen, fourteen and fifteen. If I pray in uh, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit. Do you get the idea here that praying in tongues is praying in the spirit? Is that very clear? this verse why because it says i'll pray with my spirit and i will pray with my mind also see that's the clarity i praying in tongues is praying would you say that with praying in tongues is praying in the spirit okay now look when i when when you come in if you're tired you know it probably takes you a little bit of uh when you're if and if you're not baptized in the holy spirit i would love to pray with you and and impart that um, what's, what, what happens is when you're, if you're tired and stuff, or you had a long day, or you, 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 you need to pray, but it's just the mechanism. And you pray, you you get it going. So about, uh, four, five, six minutes, seven minutes, ten minutes, suddenly you're not trying to do it anymore. It's like it's flowing now. It's just flowing. We need to get in a flowing state on a regular basis. Because in the flowing, what's happened, Jesus said that, so he says, out of your heart will flow uh, springs of living water. It, there will be that gushing up, and that, that's where the, all that. So you pray what the things that you have need of. So here's, here's, what we're, here's what we're saying. What would happen if you prayed in the Spirit throughout the day? What would happen if? Just to be with the Lord. To rely on the Holy Spirit concerning decisions you were making. What would happen? I'm just throwing another lifestyle at you in the midst of perilous times. And I feel like the Lord saying, would you talk about this today? To give an alternative to the way the world is going this way, how about us go this way? How about like the salmon going upstream? And say, you know what? I'm going to just swim to the Lord. And by the way, I want to just tell you, when you get in the Spirit, sometimes the, the beauty. The Lord put on my heart the other day to call somebody. I called him up. I didn't know why I was calling him. Got into the conversation. And then the Lord said, here's the reason. It had a prophetic moment. And everything changed. 
the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to put it on your heart to call. You call him. When you get in the conversation, I'm going to show up. How many of you had that kind of thing happen? Isn't it wonderful? You're in the conversation and God says, it's my turn. It's my turn. I'm going to manifest. And that's the joy of walking with him. I want to say something too about just hearing the Lord. Uh, there's, how many of you, just a little moment ago when we talked about speaking to the rock, that that was meaningful? Okay. Now, I wasn't laboring on my knees for hours, and finally God kind of came through and said, Son, I see you're really praying a whole lot. I'm just going to tell you what I want you to say. No, I was in the bathroom, and I said, What are we doing today? He said, Speak to the rock. In conversation, I said, Well, I better wash my hands and get out there. And it wasn't meaningful. In other words, when you have a little, look, sometimes it'll be a little speak, as he'll say something, sometimes it'll be a little picture. How many of you are in that day when, when I had the little finger, you know, the Lord doing this? It was about a month ago, and we're talking, and the Lord showed me this incredible picture of Daddy God going like this. And I, I began to talk about it, and I did my fingers like this, and the anointing came, right? Because he shows little, he, there's impressions. He gives little impressions. He gives little scriptures. He quickens. Suddenly you feel alive. Suddenly you're led. You don't, you're not, you, but you figure it out. A little picture. He might speak something. I want you to have fun. It's not boring. It's massively creative. It's a joyful life. It takes away your drudgery in life. God wants to take away your drudgery in life. The difference between that, come to me and I'll take the burden and learn from me and you'll live burden free. This, that kind of thing. Learn from the Lord. Learn how he does it. Let him work in this. Would you lift your head right now and say, that's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want live in that. Live in that. Live in that. And now let's go to this one. Keeping yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself in the love of God. What would happen if, and this was the one I started pounding on earlier, what would happen if you sat quietly in the presence of the Lord every day, adoring Him? What if there was a moment where you just say, you know what, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to, would you just acknowledge with me something? Adoring the Lord answers so much. It changes so much. It transforms so much. It is the place, the entry point for the presence of the Lord. Adoring Jesus. What other stuff? How many of you got like, like what's his name? Linus? No, not Linus. Uh, Pigpen with all the flies, you know? How many of you, got, you feel like, oh my God, there's too many things up here. But when you adore the Lord, it cleans the air. When you adore the Lord, the anointing of the Lord just comes. I'm personally excited. Okay. Now, let's look another quickly, uh, look at Paul's, uh, Apostle Paul's spiritual quandary. He was facing a spiritual dilemma with the disciples in Corinth in, in addressing the hearts of those believers. He was seeking to solve their problem, their heart problem with the Lord. So let's look at um, 2 Corinthians 11 right here. So here's just how he opens up. He says, I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me. For I feel a divine jealousy for you since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. 
This is the picture. Go ahead and put the picture up. I found this picture. Alan hoping that the beauty of what's going on in this picture would grab something inside of your heart. That you have been betrothed to one husband and you were called to be a pure virgin. That's what this message is about. This is what this... Now, of course, men too. In this, I'm, in the, I'm in the bride of Christ. I want to be a pure virgin in my spirit. Now, here's the beautiful thing about the Lord. If you've been sullied, Jesus' powerful blood makes you innocent again. If you've been messed up, He makes it better. He prepares you. He'll take away the spots. He'll take away the blemishes. This is who He is. He's preparing a bride. In the midst of this perilous times, He wants a people that have their head up looking for Him. Let's worship Him while we just sit here for a second. Thank you, Lord. We want to be this pure virgin to Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now the next slide, it says, but I'm afraid. This is amazing that Paul would actually say this. I'm afraid. Paul the apostle is afraid. What's he afraid of? I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Because what did uh, the cunning is a, a craftiness, and to lead astray means to corrupt. And the sincere, pure devotion is based on this word simplicity, singleness of heart, mental honesty, sincerity, free from pretense, single-hearted faith in Christ. Satan cast doubt on God's word and character by telling Eve that God did not have her best interests in mind. That's what's going on in the world. That's the lie today. Today's message is not going back and trying to deal with all of what's in Genesis, but this is the nutshell of it. The devil deceived her. Unfortunately, she believed him. Now, next slide. John 15, 26. We're almost done. John 15, 26. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. The Holy Spirit wants to cause you to know who Jesus is. So here's the question. Who is Jesus to you? Let's go to camp right here for a minute. We all come to know Jesus by what he's done for us first. That's understood. How many of you acknowledge you were a needy sinner, needed a Savior? Jesus comes. He's your Savior. He expresses his love for you, and you, by his saving grace, you come. How many of you had a heartache, brokenness in some way? We all come to varying degrees of heartache. We need his healing touch. How many have been healed? So we know him as a healer to our hearts, right? How many come with varying degrees of captivity in your thoughts and emotions? We need him to work his freedom in us. So now we know him as a deliverer. See, see, these are things he's done for us. We all come to him, some of us, with financial woes that we can, he can address with his word and then pour favor and blessing into our lives. He will heal our family brokenness. He'll stabilize our life. But here's the thing. After he's done all this for you, who is he to you? Beyond that, is he more to you? Is he more to you than what he's done for you? This is a question. This is I'm thinking. I'm sitting there, and I feel like the Lord's going, "I do you know me just by what I do for you, or do you know me for you and who I am?" 
And my whole definition has been what he's done for me. We come, and it's true, but he says, but do you want to know me without me doing something for you? Can I just be, can we just be in love? Can we just be together? Is there a relationship where you and rely on him daily? Do you enjoy Jesus as a person? Is there a bond in your heart with him? Do you see him as good to you? Does he have your heart? Or is it what he's got to do for you? Or can he just have you? Can he just be loved, not for what he's done, but just who he is? Can you receive this today? Can anybody catch the spirit of what this is? How many of you always want a relationship with somebody that always wants something? What if the Lord just wants you and him to walk along together? I think that's so important today. It's where delight comes from. So I got three things and then we're going to do communion. What would happen if you put the Lord first in everything? What would happen if you turned to the Lord first for comfort? Contentment. Peace. And wisdom in every trying situation. What would happen if he was first? Is this helpful? I think there's more, instead of amens, I think there's more oh my's today. What would happen if you were quick in repentance and realigning yourself with the Spirit of God as a priority in your life? Go ahead and, uh, well, just let's put up Paul's last verse here. Philippians, somebody did it. Somebody lived it. Look at these words, Philippians 3, 8, 9. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Let's go ahead and have our time of communion. As they're preparing that, would you lift your heads with me? Let's praise the Lord for a moment. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Would you just let your heart flood gratitude up to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I was ministering last, not yesterday, but last Saturday to a group of worship leaders. And the Lord had given me Psalm 137. And Psalm 137 starts and says, we were by the river in Babylon and this implying they were go ahead and start passing out. Everybody hold on to the bread until all are served and then we'll partake together. 
And what happened is, it says they were, um, they said, we hung our harps in the willow trees because, and we sat down and wept because the Babylonian people said, why don't you play some of those happy songs from Mount Zion? And they were depressed. The Lord quickened me and he said, some of the worship leaders are going to be in a state of captivity and they're going to be sad. And they've, hung, they've, they've lost their ability. And you're going to address that. And I did. And the very first thing the Lord gave me in the morning window of worship time, he said, would you compliment them when you go in the room? So I was leading worship and looked around the room. And I felt the Lord, Father, the Father saying, I see you when you're struggling. I see the warfare that you've been through. I understand the ache in your heart and the sense of pounding that you've been taking and how you feel unhappy. But I also noticed that you haven't given up putting your faith in me. And I'm here for you to help you today. And the tears just begin to come. And then I shifted over to the captivity part and the hanging up the tree, the willow, the, the harps and the willow branches. And it was amazing how much depression was in the room. I had no idea it would be that relevant. That the very people who helped put the garment of praise on the spirit of, for the spirit of heaviness had now become enveloped by the spirit of heaviness. And you just you just want people to be knitted to Jesus. And things happen. And that's why we come to the table. Because Jesus has given himself for us. How many of you know this will break depression? This will cast down every kind of heartache and sickness. This will destroy the bondage of the devil. Because Jesus in his fullness has come. Let's go ahead and lift him before the Lord. By the way, here's what we're saying with this. We're putting our complete confidence in Jesus Christ as Savior, Healer, Deliverer, Provider, Protector in everything. If that's not what you're doing, shove it in your pocket. But if that's what you're doing, this is what we're doing. Got it? This is an act of faith. Now let's praise him right now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I need you in the fullness of who you are, Jesus. I need you in every way possible. I need you in every area of my heart and life. I come to you today. Let the fullness of your life come to the emptiness of my soul. Bring wholeness to me today in the name of Jesus. Let's partake. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Leviticus says that the life is in the blood. If you take the blood out of your body, you're dead. Life is in the blood. Jesus says, I have a supernatural blood. 
This is amazing. Jesus Christ gave his life and he poured out his blood. The life that was in his blood was a ransom payment. It's called redemption. You and I could do nothing to get out of prison. We're like on a on an auction block and we're belong to the devil. And Jesus comes to the auction block. And what he offers is currency is his blood. I'm going to buy that one. I'm going to buy that slave. That slave to sin. I'm going to purchase that person. I'm going to buy that. What are you going to buy him with? My blood. And then the purchase is made. And another thing happens. All of your sins are forgiven. All of your confusions about belonging to the devil are addressed. Everything of your failure is erased. Because of blood. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. Thank you for the power of the blood of the Lamb. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We thank you for the blood of the Lamb. There will be a moment in heaven when we look up according to Revelation 5 and we see Jesus as if he was a lamb slain. And we know that our redemption has come through Jesus' personal sacrifice for us. And I'm going to include everybody in this room, Lord. I'm going to say everybody here wants to know you personally in a deeper way than we ever have. Let's partake. I'm going to felt like the Lord brought this up, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. One of, the, one of the statements that I said, two of the statements, one of the statements, when I was in the room with the worship leaders, one of the statements was, and I put it in a song, it was this, go ahead and cross back over the line that you crossed. back over the line that you crossed. Come on back. The other word was, I'm going to give you your song back. The devil stole your song, but I'm going to give your song back. Let's stand. We're going to have the altar available if you if the Lord has touched your heart and done some work in you, we want to invite you to do something because a prophetic act is sometimes very, very powerful. We just did a prophetic act of taking the bread and the cup, but now I want to say sometimes walking out of crossing over a line and coming back, sometimes it's just taking a little walk. And if you walk down here and kneel at this altar before the Lord 
I could even understand that sometimes when you're walking, you get lighter as you go. And just do business. So as we dismiss here, Father God, we thank you for every open heart in the room that has received your word. We thank you, Father, for this craving and longing in your heart for us to have this wonderful fellowship with you. The grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We want that more than ever. We pray for that. As we dismiss right now, I says, come, come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. In the name of Jesus.